I didn't know I was going to start a nonprofit. I didn't know that God was going to call me to tap into storytelling and start writing books. I always thought that if I wasn't playing basketball, I was going to be a sports agent mm. or I was going to just own a business or, um, you know, just about something, making money. But like Mike Todd said, you know, what good is it to have paper without purpose? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when I finally found purpose and I found purpose through pain. Everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common podcast. On today's episode, I have my good friend Jay Thomas. Jay was born in Springfield, Ohio, and currently lives in Los Angeles, California. He's 26 years old and is a former college basketball player at Miami University Middletown. He's the author of the Speak Life series, founder of the Misunderstood Millennial Lifestyle brand, co-founder of the I Will Awareness Foundation, founder of the Good Media Studios, co-host of the Good Podcast. Jay is passionate about all things Jesus, travel, fashion, storytelling, sports, and is an avid foodie. Y'all, I'm so pumped to have on my friend, Jay. What's going on? What's going on? What's up, Jay? How are you? Oh, good. As I always say, it's all good. Good is on the way. Good is on the way. Y'all, this is... Okay, I'm really excited because this is the first time I am having a conversation on the podcast with another podcaster so if y'all just heard that little intro jay has his own podcast called the good podcast and mm. let me tell y'all it is good okay it is good <laughs> i appreciate it and shout out to Stu hope because he's the one that you know really started the good podcast and he asked me to to be a host on it as well um, but my question for you is, you know, the podcast is called One Thing in Common, right? The you question is why? Why? See, I, I love it because now, Jay, you're the one asking me questions here. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> You'll see why I ask in a minute. You're good at what you do. So uh, <laughs> why is it called One Thing in Common? So as I remember... I had the idea of the podcast and it was just a seed at the moment. And I was really thinking, what do I, what do I want it to be? How do I want us to come all together? And I was thinking, okay, we're all human beings and we have to have something similar. We have to have something in common. What is that one thing? Right. And my friend was over, we were having a barbecue at my house on a Sunday and um, we were thinking of, oh my gosh, one thing in common. Like what's the one thing every single human being has in common? We're all imperfect human beings. Oh, good. And so that's really where the whole, the idea of the name comes from is we are all imperfect human beings. You know, mm -hmm. that's the one thing we have in common. And it's funny, it's kind of a paradox because my whole life, I grew up as a perfectionist. I grew up striving to be perfect and now to have a whole podcast on imperfection, boasting that we are all imperfect human beings. That just came from a lot of sharpening and, you know, just becoming a better version of myself and understanding that a better version of myself doesn't look like perfection. A better version of myself looks like 
the real me on peeling down the onion and getting to who Meg's really is at her core. Mm. See, that's, that's good. And see, um, I'm a communication major at Cal State Northridge and I got my associates at Cincinnati State. So when you go through college, there are things that's called assignments. You have to complete, there are certain prerequisites you have to do before you can even move on to a certain assignment. And that's how it is in life. You know, I grew up as a basketball player, um, you know, born in Ohio, uh, from Springfield, grew up in Cincinnati. And I thought my whole life, basketball was my assignment. I thought basketball was it. You know, it's just from growing up watching LeBron and Trace McGrady, Kobe, that was it. And as I, you know, continue to play, I always knew I was good, but unfortunately I always thought I was better than what I was. And I had just did an, um, a short video on my Instagram called Backpay. And basically what that message is, is you will reap what you sow. So there are things now that I'm having to put in work for because I didn't do the work before. And there are things I'm reaping harvest for because I planted seeds and put the work in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, for years, my assignment was just so caught up on just, you know, having popularity and mm. having the prettiest girl and just playing mm. basketball. That's what I thought it was all about. And just like a lot of people, it takes you to be humble or for a tragedy or something to happen to fall on your face. And then it's like, okay, I'm not God. And um, unfortunately, it took a death to wake me up. Mm. So my best friend, uh, William Cox, um, William R. Cox II, he's the reason why I am um, the co-founder of the Iowa Awareness Foundation. A lot of people don't know about it because, you know, with the pandemic, we haven't done an event in about a year and a half, two years. But we've been blessed to raise over $15,000 for pediatric brain cancer research. And we've done events with Children's Hospital, um, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Princeton High School, Walnut Hills, Mike's Car Wash, a lot of different, you know, um, affiliations. University of Cincinnati played um, USF, not your school, UCF. It was the University of South Florida, and we did a fundraiser when proceeds went to the foundation. And I say all that to say is, I didn't know I was going to start a nonprofit. I didn't know that God was going to call me to tap into storytelling and start writing books. I always thought that if I wasn't playing basketball, I was going to be a sports agent, or I was going to just own a business, or, um, you know, just about something making money. But like Mike Todd said, you know, what good is it to have paper without purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when I finally found purpose and I found purpose through pain. And um, I realized, like I mean, you had a conversation on the phone is I feel like that, you know, after all these years, because we met in a uh, in a crazy scenario, which y'all were here. Yeah. We met on the, on an airplane. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> we both were in a network marketing company. It was a travel club uh, called Dream Trips was a travel club. And we were at an event in um, Baltimore and I was getting off the plane or getting on a plane and I looked over and I saw this, uh, this young woman and like we had made eye contact and like she was laughing or smiling something. And I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? And then next thing, you know, we get off the plane we talk and we were in the same like organization and we just connected and the rest was history. And it just goes to show that, um, you know, who knows God could have signed our flight. I don't even gonna say who knows. Cause I believe it was, it was by design. Mm-hmm. for us to be connected and grow, you know, his kingdom. Cause I had a friend named Gil Finley and he had said something once and I disagreed at first. Cause I never heard this. He said, we all have the same purpose. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same purpose. We, we are all are called to do different things. Mm-hmm. He said, exactly. We all have different callings, but we have the same purpose. So I'm like, what good. do you mean? So good. That 
you know, you may be a believer, you may not be, but this is what he told me. He said, our purpose is to glorify God, talking about Jesus. Our callings are different. Mm. And within our callings, that is attached to our purpose, if that makes sense. I was like, oh, I never, I never knew that. Like, yeah. I thought purpose and calling was the same thing. And yeah. it just goes to show there are a lot of things I didn't know or a lot of things that I had to reconstruct. So, um, you know, growing up a basketball player, um, when I went to my middle town, I had no idea that my best friend was about to pass from brain cancer. And when that happened, that's when anxiety, depression, and all of that stuff sinked in. Mm. And um, I was at a low point. It was a point when I was even, you know, suicidal thoughts. And I didn't even know if life was worth living anymore. I felt misunderstood. And that's where the misunderstood millennial brand came about, which you know about, and you've always supported. So I appreciate. Um, but a big person who I've looked up to that's kind of helped me, you know, um, stay true to myself and be proud of being an anomaly is Lecrae. Mm. Because Lecrae was somebody that he believes in Jesus, but he's not the traditional Fred Hammond uh, Jeremy Camp, you know, gospel artists or inspirational artists. So when I first heard of him, I, I was shook because it was like the trap hip hop beats I was used to from the secular world, except this was inspirational lyrics with no profanity. He was talking about, you know, um, oppression. He was talking about financial literacy, faith, things that go on in the black community and uplifting women, marriage, stuff that I've never heard. Mm. And that was somebody I connected to. And he just really um, you know, allowed me to accept that it's okay to not fit in, you know, for a long time, I felt like I didn't fit in with church culture and I felt like I didn't fit in with the world. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I wanted to be like the world to fit in and I would do things to fit in with the church. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like I was raised in church. I was raised in religion is what I would say, yeah. but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn that myself that my mom's faith my grandma's faith my dad's faith they that can't get me into heaven it's mm -hmm. up to me and my personal relationship and uh, I say all that to say I know that's long I've been talking but I realized that my assignment was the gift of storytelling mm -hmm. and the impact live so that's where good media studios came about because I looked up to Kobe Bryant as an athlete and he started mm -hmm. Granity Studios and you know he passed and I looked at him and Tyler Perry and I'm like I want to do good through media and I want to impact people through my story. So that's where God had just, you know, tapped on my shoulder and Stu was like, man, you should write a book. And I'm like, me, I'm not a celebrity. Nobody's gonna read my book. Mm. That's what I thought. And then that's where the misunderstood millennial came about and here we are. So that's basically the intro of how I got into storytelling and into brands and everything. So I never thought none of this was gonna happen, but I found my assignment. I love it. Oh my gosh, Jay, you just hit so many golden nuggets in that. And I recently just reposted something on my Instagram story. I think Chandler Moore had posted it, like what you had said, you know, and it has a lot to do with like your assignment can look different in the season that you're in, but your purpose will always be the same. Mm -hmm. Right. And each season that you're in, your assignment is different but your assignment isn't your purpose, but your assignment leads you to your purpose, right? I mean, that's good. And I think that's yeah. so profound and important to understand because I feel like sometimes we can be in seasons where what we're doing may not look so, quote, glorious, or we may not be where we want to be, or you know, we may be somewhere where we thought we'd be out of that season by now and we're still there. But I believe that 
every season in our lives is there to teach us something to prepare us for the next season to come. Mm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a chapter in my first book. Um, matter of fact, I'm gonna grab it so you can see it. This one. Oh, good. You got it. Good. Come good. on, let's go. <laughs> this is this is the recent one, Dreams at a Crossroad. Uh-huh. Um shout out to Lecrae. This is his recent book, I Am Restored. Mm. I have not read it yet. I'm gonna tell you why I haven't read it yet because I don't like to read multiple books at once. And <laughs> as, nice as a writer, <laughs> I like to focus on one thing. But yeah. my first book, The Misunderstood Millennial, there is a chapter and it's called Seasons, chapter eight. Mm-hmm. Because for a long time, you know, I struggled with that, you know, especially now that I live in LA. I was depressed, you know, for a while, just like a lot of people. Um, because, you know, you can look on my Instagram or your social media and we look happy, right? Mm-hmm. And even another thing that I had to learn is happiness is different than joy. You know, happiness mm-hmm. is based off happy names. So, you know, when we're at Disney World, when I'm going to Dubai and when the money's good, of course I'm happy. But when you're isolated in the studio and all your family and friends are thousands of miles away, the whole economy shut down, the world shut down, churches closed, campuses closed, the gyms are closed. How do you meet your community? How do you, um, you know, find yourself in the city of angels? I'm in LA, finally the dream city I want to get to. And how do I find myself? And I'm like, dang, like, I had to learn there are seasons for people, there are seasons for situations. And even the Bible talks about there's a season for everything under the heavens. And um, it's just, you know, the Bible has so many good gems in it that the greatest book of all is the Bible because it's made up of different books. And now as a writer, I look at it as in like, dang, God really gave me a gift. And my mom, she would always say, because my real name is Jonathan, uh, Jonathan T. Boyle, J. Thomas is my nickname. In Hebrew, Jonathan means God given. Mm. And my mom would always say this power in my name, this power in all of our names. Mm. And I realized that he gave me the gift of just articulation of storytelling. And, um, you know, it, it just really hit me that this power in our words. And that's when I really just started to write. So uh, with the misunderstood millennial, you know, for people who are listening, it's a motivational memoir self-help book because I wanted to write a book that spoke life into people. That's why it's called the Speak Life series. So it's about my story as a former basketball player pursuing entrepreneurship and then trying to balance faith and, and the secular college world and trying to find who I am. And in the book, I talk about having a dream of wanting to one day move to Los Angeles. Mm. So then that's where Dreams at a Crossroad comes in mm. because I had a dream at a crossroad in a pandemic. But mm. the universal meaning of it is um, we all have dreams and we all will reach multiple crossroads throughout our lives, whether it's what career are we going to pursue? Who should I pursue in marriage? Who should I pursue in in dating? Uh, What city should I move to? Should I do this? Should I do that? And a lot of times when we reach crossroads, we never step over and cross over to the purpose of where God called us to be Mm. because we're stuck in fear. So what if I didn't accept that assignment and call to come to LA and do the work he has from here because of the fear of not having housing or of a, a job or all these different things that people are like, man, that's crazy. You didn't have any that lined up. I didn't. I have faith. I saved up $5,000. Mm. Me and my sister planned it out. We did a cross country road trip from Cincinnati to St. Louis to wow. Kansas city, to Denver through Wyoming to Utah to Vegas in eight days. And I don't regret it because if I wouldn't have moved, I wouldn't have even wrote the next book. Mm. So now I'm starting to see like, dang, God, has really lined up all of our different steps. But the thing is, even though we all have an assignment, he gives us free will. So 
he's not going to force you to take the assignment. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, if you don't want to do it, I'll give it to Megan. All right, Megan don't want to do it. I'll give it to Bob. Either yeah. way, my will is going to be done. Yeah. So he doesn't so need us. You know, he, you know, we need him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with it. And I'm just like Lecrae, I'm just like you, a broken person who needed to be fixed that has a story to tell. And we don't have a testimony without going through a test and we don't have a message without going through a mess. So that's really, you know, where we're at that I, I wanted to ask you that is what is the one thing we have in common? We have in our assignment. So whoever's listening, my question for you is what is your assignment? Mm-hmm. You know, don't get caught up on um, anybody else's assignment because mm-hmm. comparison is a thief of all joy and social media only shows us highlights. Come so on. that's the message and the core of what I wanted to give. There's so many gems that God is flowing because this isn't even coming from me. You know, before I, we started, I prayed before me, you prayed. I pray to God you speak through me. And that's how I try to approach things that even when I go to work, I work in hospitality out here in LA because just like most creatives out here, people have multiple incomes and multiple jobs because LA, New York rent is different. So <laughs> yeah, I work in hospitality. I have a DoorDash side hustle. I'm a full-time college student and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I say that not to brag. I say it that, you know, um, in the end, we win. That's another slogan I have with misunderstood millennials. You only lose if you quit. But even through all of that, I still have serenity in, in God that I can have joy through the obstacles and through the pressure because I still have rest. Because it's important that even as somebody that's like trying to get to the bag and trying to hustle, you don't want to burn yourself out. You know, you got to take time to have a Sabbath. You know, your Sabbath doesn't have to be on Sunday, but you got to have a self-care day or you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. So I see you, you on social media a lot. You have a lot of self-care routines. So what's like some of your self-care routines? I want some free game from Megs. I'm huge on journaling. I'm mm-hmm. big on first thing in the morning. Like just, um, I don't open up my phone right away. You know, I will drink a glass of water, have right next to my bed. First thing in the morning, wake up, open my eyes, put drink some water. Um, and I like to be very intentional with my atmosphere. So I'll put on some nice music, uh, wash my, do my skincare routine, make my bed and then make my cafecito. And, um, from there, like I like to drink my coffee and then I'll start reading or I'll start journaling, but I really do like to start like with a gratitude list and Mm -hmm. also, um, read the word, you know, read the Bible, soak that in and then eat my breakfast, go to work and, we out there, but those are little things that I like to do that are kind of non-negotiables for me. And, and it's just habit. Like, it's just, I've been doing them for the past six years that it's just, uh, it it's, it's autopilot for me at this point where it's kind of like, I get up, I get, you know, like it's, it's not something that I force myself to do. It's something that like, I love to do. Right. That's, that's good. And basically what you just described is like your daily bread. Like the Bible talks about, you have like your, your daily bread and God and, and your activities. So I, I was thinking, um, you know, you've asked me a lot of good questions, but I, I had a few questions, if you don't mind. I just wanted to ask you because, uh, you know, I like to f- jump off of what other people say. And I feel like you have a lot of good nuggets, as you would say, so I can jump in. So my question is, um, you know, there's a lot of good Bible scriptures, right? And there's no perfect answer for this. But is there a one scripture that you are meditating on or a scripture that has spoke to you? um that really has helped you that you wanted to share that's my first question I'll, I'll ask the other one after that I would say just overall my favorite 
Bible scripture would be Matthew 22, 37 through 39. And it goes, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And I say that because it keeps the main thing, the main thing. I feel like when people talk about Christianity or they get into religion, they they forget what it's all about. They forget it's all about love. Mm-hmm. The greatest commandment, love God. The second one, love people. Like the, if, if you don't do anything else but those two things, right? The two greatest commandments. And to me, when I get to the heart of that, when I'm having a bad day or a hard day and I just get to the focus of love God and love people as I love myself, it changes my perspective to what really matters at the end of the day and that this life is only temporary on earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just a vapor. It's just a vapor. And it doesn't mean that we don't want to live abundantly because we do, but we don't need to get caught up on the materialistic things and um, the things that that at the end of the day don't have any value. Mm -hmm. (laughs) doesn't mean that we can't strive to have ambition. doesn't mean that we can't strive to have goals, but with anything this pandemic should have taught you is anything can be stripped away, mm. you know, like a thief in the night, like the Bible talks about. Everything was stripped away. I mean, I knew it was serious when March Madness got canceled. I'm a basketball guy. I'm like, that never gets canceled. Mm. So speaking of like things being stripped away, um, when the pandemic and the quarantine, everything first started happening, um, I remember when it first started happening, when it happened and you had like challenged me with the fitness challenge. Remember that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i forgot the push-ups yeah yeah and i didn't I do it <laughs> and then i fell on my chest I fell on my yeah i didn't do it i was like oh no she didn't she called me out so <gasps> you know you had found the good in that situation you was like you know what i'm gonna do something productive right so when the pandemic first happened what was challenging for you and how did you find the good through it all and and you'll see why i asked you that in a minute yeah that's a great question jay Um, what's interesting is for me, it wasn't so much the pandemic that was hard, but six months prior to the pandemic, I was already going through my own mental battle. Mm -hmm. I was dealing with anxiety. I was depressed. I was like, I tell people like before 2020, I have my own little 2020, like Mm-hmm. And I can laugh about that now jokingly, but at the time it sucked. It was mentally the worst thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because wherever I went, there I was with my mind and the things that I was dealing with. So when the pandemic had hit, I had already started counseling and I had all this awareness of things that I was not aware of. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was mentally prepared before it happened. Um, but the good, Jay, that I could say that I found coming out of the pandemic was reconnecting with friends that I hadn't spoken to in forever. Like I my love language is quality time and words of affirmation like those two. And so 
I didn't have to be with the person, but just FaceTiming them like that quality time, even though it was a FaceTime and just talking to each other for hours, literally filled my cup. Like when I'm telling you, I got to catch up with friends who were in Australia, friends who were in South America, friends who were in different continents all around the world. Um, I got to have a really good friend of mine stay with me for two weeks and my cousin stay with me for a couple months, you know, we're quarantined together. So was that easy? No, but was it, did we make the best out of it? Of course we did. You know, we, we've like the TikTok trends on baking and, and, and I think also I really tapped that. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, (laughs) I got to say something. I got to say something. You you just said it. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I I cut you off, but I had to because I'm going to forget. Okay, go. When you bake, you make those little cute gluten-free stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) You always say these phrases. Oh, my God. What is she talking about? Why? What is it? Yatu Saves? How you say it? Yatu Saves. And what's what's the other word? Dale. Please explain to everybody what that means. All right. You know what? That's a great question, Jay, because you know what? You're not the first person to ask me that I'm question. sorry. I had, to, I had to say it. That's so funny because I think we're on the phone recently and you're like, Megs, I have to ask you this because you always put it on your Insta stories or you always say it and you're like, I never understand what it means. And I'm cracking up. I'm like, are you serious, Jay? Like friends for all these years and you don't know what that means? Mm-hmm. Um. So ya tu sabes, it's it's like a little saying in Spanish and it's kind of like you already know, like um, mm. ya tu sabes, it's like you already know. And it's so funny because <laughs> I remember like and when I was like living in Orlando and I always, well, I say it a lot, but like specifically, I remember one time in church, I was in Orlando, my friend's like, Megan, what does ya tu sabes mean? I'm like, dude, it means you already know. And they're like, I don't know what it means. I'm like, no, no, no. It means you already know. They're like, dude, I'm like, no, no, no. You don't get it. Okay, listen. I'm like, it I'm about to cry. You already know. They're like, oh, I was like, yes. And they're like, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, I don't know. It just, it just comes out. I just can't mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> and then what does Dali mean? And Dali, okay. So um, Dali is not Dale. And, and it's not a that's person. That's what I thought it meant. Because I remember we were texting and you're like, Megan, who's Dale? I was like, Jay, no, it's not. No, <laughs> it's like, it's Dale is like, you got it. Um, like, like, you know it. Like, it, it, there's not once but Dale. It's like, you got it. Like, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I got, so I, like, got an, I got an idea. Okay, right? let's go. And I will be your first customer. I promise you I would. Stop. So. <laughs> I'm I'm dead serious. I'm so serious. Like I will order it like expeditiously. That's one of my favorite words. <laughs> so um, podcasts are great because it's a community. I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a minute. Um, and a lot of podcasts, they sell merch. Mm. If that's something you're going to do, I promise you, if you made a t-shirt that say Yatsu Sabes or Dale, I would buy it. I would really buy it. I will put it on a hat. Like you don't got to do it. You probably won't do it because you probably like, why would I do that? But I'm serious. I really will wear that. Uh, shoot. Embrace being weird. You know, when I, on, we sell yes. shirts. They say good. And people like I wear it and, and I, <laughs> I wear that shirt. Someone's like, good. I was like, good. I was like, you get it. That's that's it. It's all good. That's and it. I was like, do you know what it means? He's like, yeah, it's just emphasizing good. I was like, good. That's it. So we still and I were the good guys. That's what we talk about. We're we're the opposite of the bad boys. We're the good guys. And there's a message behind that. 
But where that comes from, because in the Bible, in the beginning, when God created the earth, he said it was good. And even through all the tough and through the challenging times, our podcast is a society and culture podcast when we find the good in tough situations. Mm-hmm. So that's why good, like your podcast is good. You know, your character is good. Um, uh, food to me is good. Like, you know, the traveling is good. So anything that's good, we just always, we like good. So where that came from, I got to tell a quick story. I'm a basketball player, right? And um, if anybody is a former athlete or watch sports, if if you ever seen a basketball player do a nice crossover or dunk on somebody, the coach will be like, good. They'll be like, good move. That's where that came from. It came from basketball. We got used to hearing that all the time. Coaches are like, good. So we took it and ran with it. So take Yatu Sabes and run with it. Let's that's my, go. That's my, my comedy for you for today. I promise you, I'll wear it. I really will wear it. Size large. Oh I need a large. I love it. I, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Merch coming yeah. soon? Maybe we'll see. Hey, you know, I'm I'm just giving giving some uh some game, but um, you know, I appreciate being on the podcast, and I appreciate you know you reached out to me, you planted that seed. You never know what people are going through, and um, one thing we all need we need community. We can't do it alone. You know, a lot of times, a lot of us got tested because the building of the church was closed. So some people lost their faith through it. Some people stopped believing in Jesus in, in that transition. Some people picked it up even more because they realized it's a relationship. And we're the church. We're having church right now. So, you know, FaceTimes and calls, because my love language is the exact same thing. Quality time, and words of affirmation, because all the other stuff fades, you know, like uh, what is it? Quality time words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service and something with gifts, right? Mm-hmm. All those things are good. All those things are cute. My thing is, is like, okay, physical touch, all of that stuff is nice, but can you love someone without physically being there, without physically touching them? And I'm like, oh man, the words of affirmation really speaks life into me quality time because it just really means a lot to give somebody your time because that's one thing that we all know we can give back. Mm-hmm. And just speaking life into people, you know, the power of life and death is in our is in our tongue. So back to the love languages, like you were saying, but community is, is vital. Like it's important that you have community. And all my friends are spread out all over the country, but most of my day ones are back in Ohio. I don't really have a lot of true friendships in LA because of just how LA is very spread out, you know, the grind and everything. Like I've met people, but all of my like best friends, they're not here. But Pick up the phone and call someone. You know, if you're thinking about someone, call them. Hey, you're in my spirit today. I just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. So good. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. Um, community is important. So, you know, don't isolate yourself. That's something I had to learn in the pandemic because I live in a studio. Just like most New Yorkers and most Californians, we live in studios out here, especially the creators. Like join a gym, do yoga. Yeah, you know, go to coffee clubs, like you said, like, do something to get involved. Um, you know, church is important because it's a spiritual community, a spiritual accountability. So that's why it's important that if you can get plugged in with a church community, if you're a believer because of that, because you need to walk with other believers to endure through this faith. You can't do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil wants to isolate you because he knows that's how he gets in your head. Mm-hmm. You got to keep around uh, the energy that's other like-minded individuals. That's that's just some game I wanted to give about community. Yeah, community is a game changer. And it's crazy that you, um, when you said 
if you're thinking about somebody right now, text them or call them. You never know what they could be going through. And I, um, this, one of my friends, I was like doing the dishes this morning and had some worship music on. And I thought about a friend that, um, when I had lived in Orlando, we were super close and she moved across the country. And, um, so we still stay in touch. Um, and she was just really my heart, you know, she was really strongly my heart. And I just texted her and she was like, Meg, so it's crazy how every time you reach out to me, like I'm going through something mm-hmm. and I'm like, girl, let's FaceTime like Monday night. Sound good. She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, awesome. Talk to you then, you know, but it's crazy how it's like, what are the odds that every time she says that I text her, she's going through something. We end up having a phone call or FaceTime to talk about that. Like there's a reason why she was put on my heart. There's a reason mm-hmm. why I thought about her randomly in the morning doing the dishes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's those little hints that are dropped in your heart to be that light to someone, to be that encouraging word to someone, to be a blessing to that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you never know your, your one message, how that can impact someone. Right. You never know mm-hmm. that one FaceTime that you just take the time, like you said, to pour into somebody like you, you don't know how that can literally push them on to go to the next day. Exactly. Absolutely. And I'm going to add this back um, to the conversation. Cause I don't know if we caught it about finding the good. You know, I was asking you that question. Um, and a person that had helped me see that was um, a LA reputable person, Nipsey Hussle. He was a hip hop artist that passed. He was, he was murdered. Um, he was somebody that was, you know, grew up in the gang life and somebody that really spoke about the issues that happened in the oppressed communities. And um, he really promoted entrepreneurship. But I use him as an example that even though that he wasn't somebody that really promoted a Christian lifestyle, he his uh, slogan is the marathon continues. So I relate to that in faith. <laughs> it's a marathon. Come on. And, um like I was talking about earlier, really is a marathon, but so is entrepreneurship. So is, you know, trying to eat right. A lot of things are a marathon. Life you, is a marathon. Yeah, you got to have persistence to endure towards the end. Just like in the Bible, I think it might've been Paul. It was, um, I have finished the fight. I, I have, uh, I don't know the exact scripture, but he was like, I've, I've had a good life. You know what I'm talking about? I have yeah, finished, finished the, the race. race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know the whole scripture by heart, but basically that is, a parable to me as a marathon. And I say that all to say, my next project is called Finding the Good. It's another motivational memoir. And I'm gonna just go ahead and tell you, it's called The Good Series, because after that, I'm gonna write good love. Mm. Because you can't show love to others unless you find God and find yourself. Mm. So I'm gonna be talking about how other people had it worse than me that grew up in Section 8 housing, that were um, affiliated with gang activity in South Central to East LA, to the black community, to the Hispanic community, me being exposed to that and seeing that, um, you know, I even had a run-in with a gang member when I moved here. I had somebody run up with me. He was like, hey, where are you from? And in LA, that means what gang are you from? Mm. So I have seen it firsthand of just, it's different out here from the homeless to the wealthy to the, uh, the hood. And I had to see like, okay, everybody didn't grow up in the suburbs like me. Or, or maybe like you, or it didn't have both parents in the household. I was born in an inner city, small town, but I was moved to the suburbs. I had a good opportunity that my dad took us out of a bad situation and took us to a, a better situation. I wouldn't even say bad, but he just took us to a better situation. 
but everybody doesn't have that. Some people don't even know their parents, you know? So um, it's easy for some people. I, I used to didn't understand that. And my friends still would be like, well, everybody didn't grow up in church. Everybody didn't have the same opportunities we had. So we have to extend grace and to be able to meet people where they are. Um, and that's just something I want to write about and talk about through my stories. And uh, in my next series is, is the good series because it's all good. So finding the good and good love because we talked about relationships a little bit on the phone. Um, you know, my parents are divorced and I love my mom, I love my dad. But when my dad and mom weren't living in the same household, that's when I started to really rebel. Because when you don't have a dad in the same house, oh, I was I was lit. I was out, you know, 16, smoking and drinking, um, having fun. Um, and what I thought was love, a lot of times was lust. And at the same time, you know, a lot of the commitment issues I had was because of the marriage that I saw made me look at relationships differently. I know we mm -hmm. talked about this earlier and it just made me just, you know, look at what a woman's perspective is of when they are heartbroken or, and also when a man is broken, you know, um, a lot of times you see these social media memes that talk about men are trash or all women are this way. It's like, no, people just are broken. People need to mm -hmm. heal. <laughs> one of my models is be still and heal be mm -hmm. still and heal you know it's don't get out there and, and try to date when you still are heartbroken you know take that pain to jesus and it's okay to see a therapist as well like jackie Hill Perry says jesus in therapy because for years a lot of people especially as men suck it up don't you know you'll be fine don't see a therapist i saw a therapist for a long time i need to get back to it you know the pandemic i kind of stopped but there's nothing wrong with that Mm -mm. Um, this podcast right now feels like therapy to me. I'm getting a chance to vent and, and let my uh, emotions out and I feel good. So I'm happy that we've been able to have this conversation, but it's okay to talk to family and friends and that's good. But I do recommend therapy for anyone. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not weak because of that. You're strong because of that because you realize yeah. that that's something that you're working on even if things are good still see a therapist mm -hmm. nothing's wrong with that as well that's something i had to learn yeah. one of the yeah. quotes that uh if it's not in my last book i'm putting my next one that my therapist told me because i've struggled with anxiety for years that I, I always had a fear of dying young you know when my mm -hmm. best friend died from brain cancer that's when i was like oh what if i get sick or what if i die what if this happens and she was like what if you don't you know, what if you live to be 100 years old? And I was like, well, what if I don't make it? She said, what if you do? So the quote is, every what if has a counter. And that quote changed my life, you know, because when I before I moved to LA, a lot of people were like, oh, you're going to be broke. You know, it's too expensive. Uh, everybody in LA is crazy. California is going to fall off the face of the earth. Earthquakes. People said so much negativity when I wanted to move. I'm like, okay, what if I do make it? You know, like, what if? I can, you know, adjust my cash flow and God blesses me that I can't afford the lifestyle I want to live. You know, we, you got to get out of that poverty mindset. Yeah. You know, he wants us to be fruitful and to multiply and live abundantly. Well, he doesn't want us to to have a a uh, a impoverished mindset. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want us to live entangled and to be, um, you know, he wants us to be liberated from fear. You know, what could you accomplish if fear didn't exist for you today? Because fear doesn't exists for us really because you know um second timothy 1 and 7 for god has given us a uh for god has not given us a spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind 
And that's something I had to meditate on a long time. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Yeah, come on. And I look at it at now I'm 26. Mostly everything I've ever been afraid of never happened. Come on. Yes. It, it never happened. It Say never it, happened. Jay. And even if certain things did happen, it didn't happen on a hot thought. And I always got through it. So it's okay to, to have nerves and be anxious at times, but just, you know, fear and confusion, that is not of God. So you just got to overcome that. You got to overcome it. That's so crazy that you just brought that verse up because the past, being honest here, um, the week before this week that I had was emotionally and mentally very hard. Very, very, very hard. And I had to catch myself when I went to bed and all these anxious thoughts started to come up. And I started to just feel like fear and anxiety, that Mm -hmm. verse, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, Mm -hmm. right? But of a sound mind. Good. And, and I had to understand like what I was feeling that was not coming from God. Mm -hmm. Right. And I had to remind myself of that. And then it's, it's so funny, exactly what you said. I began to remember anytime that I did hear something. It's like what I thought would happen never ended up happening, or at least the way I thought it would. But it's like that. It's crazy how I could literally be laying in bed, like just having all these anxious thoughts. And then I remind myself, wait a minute, but God has not given me this spirit of fear. Okay. And the moment that I understand that, but of a sound mind and peace. And it's like, literally, it just goes away in that moment. The moment that I say it out loud, the moment that I rest in that truth. And um, it's so, another thing you said was your your therapist said, well, what if? Every what if has a counter. What if it, Jay, that, that what if changed the game for me. Like, I remember I was going through some, some stuff, you know what I'm saying? And she's like, well, what if that doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. And they respond a different way. Mm -hmm. What if X, Y, Z, what if like everything that I thought would never be possible? Like, no, it's just black and white. It's never possible. Like, what if, what if it's not the way you think it's going to turn out? What? And it's like, For so long, I was stuck in believing like what I believed was truth and it was only an idea. And so she asked me that, what if? And I was like, whoa, what if? And and it started to open my mind to possibilities of the what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. And I think in moments when we're scared or we're nervous or we're stuck in a rut, like you said, well, what if it works out in LA? What if I do find an amazing community that I can run with? What if, and 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 you build up in the what ifs looking in a positive way versus a negative way because it really like what your thoughts are, you're going to attract in your life. So if you're creating a bunch of what ifs that are negative, well, that's the outcome that you're going to get, exactly. right? Yeah. But if you're creating an outcome of, well, with the podcast, what if one person actually listens to it? Mm-hmm. What if one person is impacted by it? Is it worth but, it? 
what and all these what ifs, it's like, wow, it changes your mind. It changes your perspective. Exactly. Yeah, and change your mind, change your perspective. That's that's critical. Um, and yeah, like there's, there's so much I had to learn. There's so much things like Andy Minio, he said, reconstructing everything I, that I once believed in. That was me. You know, I had to reconstruct my faith. I had to reconstruct, you know, how I viewed women. I had to reconstruct relationships. Um, a lot of different things that I, that I realized I had to be real with myself. Um, because <clears throat> especially, like you know, I'm talking about relationships. Everybody desires a partner. And, you know, you attract based off the level that you're on. Mm. I'm trying to remember who said that. It was either Teray Roberts or it was Mike Ty. It was one of them. Mm-hmm. but they said that and it's it's true um so if you know you are trying to uh attract a partner because that's what you want a partner because the world says that the person is your better half i disagree mm-hmm. because only god can make you whole so i believe that we should seek to be whole in christ and then find another partner who is whole because mm-hmm. it's just like in entrepreneurship or business you don't want somebody that's bringing half Mm-mm. you want somebody to bring whole. the whole package yeah. not just yeah. half come yeah. on exactly today uh roberts has a book called wholeness and that's what we all should be seeking is to become whole through god you can't do it by yourself none of us are perfect but being whole through him and that's something i had to learn and like you said seasons like understanding that every attractive woman is not your girlfriend it's not your wife mm-hmm. you know some people you have been assigned to to be a friend or to mm-hmm. be a friend for a season and then if God leads y'all to pursue romance, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And those are just certain things that I had to learn throughout life that, um, you know, be still. <laughs> be still and trust God and work on you and, uh, you know, work on healing from your past trauma, from your, from your past relationships, past soul ties, all the things that you dealt with, heal from that mm-hmm. and become whole. And then when God tells you to pursue something, then you do it. So that would be my dating advice because I know we talked about it on the phone and stuff. So I'm just giving everything I got before I get off here. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Work on becoming a whole. And yeah, you don't want no weak partner. You want somebody that's going to bring their A game. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to win a championship and I'm dropping 30, I don't want somebody else to be dropping two points. I need you to rebound. I need you to help out the team. Come on. So. You know, so Jesus good. spoke in parables, so I'm just giving a metaphor that to win a championship or to build a kingdom, you can't do it by yourself. 100%. So if you're a queen and you want a king, conduct yourself as a queen. If you're a king and you want a queen, conduct yourself as a king. Yeah. You know, otherwise, you're going to attract differently. Yeah. I love that. And we we're talking about it because I was telling about the book club that we are doing at my house um, called The Sacred Search. And so much of what you just said, the book covers, I mean, the book is gold. Like y'all, if you desire to get married one day, this should be like a prerequisite to read this book before getting married. Like I'm just reading this thing. And I'm like, oh my Lanta, like it's so eye-opening. I mean, there's even questions. I'm like, I wonder if like this person asked they're now husband, these questions before they got married. Like, and not just that, but it brings a lot of self-awareness to oneself. It, it changes, you know, it's all about, it's not about who you marry, but why, you know, mm, exactly. who's important. Yeah. But it's the why is more important, 
you know, mm-hmm. who could be anybody, else. but it's yeah. why. And so we were talking on the phone and we we're talking about that and, and just being whole. Right. And I feel like you do need to be that whole person because if you're not, you're trying to find a partner to, to fill in an area that only God can fill in. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and again, what's the one thing, what we have in common, we're all imperfect people. So guess what? We're all going to fail each other. Mm-hmm. Friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives, like everybody's going to fail you. Right. And that's mm-hmm. why it's so important that we don't seek that, um, or those relationships until we are coming from a place that we, uh, out of wholeness. And, and mm-hmm. one thing a friend of mine said was, you know, there's no, there's no timeline to your healing journey. There's not like, mm-hmm. Oh, after two months, you should be over that breakup or after like X amount of months or years, like you are like onto the, n- no, it's like, how's your soul? How's your heart? How are you as a person as a whole, you know? And, and when, when you are like truly living in who God called you to be, you know, like all that stuff comes, but it's because you attract it because it's the person who you are. Like I've have amazing people in my life, quality, top notch people. And not because of what they do, not because of their title, not because of their position, but because of who they are, their heart, like they've got a heart of gold and it, and it's not, and it's simply because we, we, we are attracted to each other all like, you know, to even like as friendship wise, like you're, you attract that because you are that you Mm -hmm. attract good friends because you are a good friend. You attract like-minded people that, you know, want to go after something bigger than themselves because that's what you're currently doing in your life. Right. Exactly. And so I think, man, I can't wait for your next book to come out. Good love, right? Good love. So uh, not nah, finding the good then good love because oh, say, okay, a lot, okay. A lot <laughs> of us want to find love before we find ourselves. Come on. So it's so that's that- the thing. And quick thing, sorry to cut you off. Um, I'm gonna just be real. I saw a video about this and this, I'm calling it the men and women too, but mostly men. So, you know, people, you'll hear this, like, I'm ready to settle down, you know, after they didn't have, they fun. And, you know, we live in this hookup culture. That's another thing and being misunderstood. I talk about, I felt misunderstood in dating because like we live in this secular hookup culture and I'm trying to live for God (laughs) and trying to pursue somebody that I can walk with and build a good spiritual union you know, faith doesn't always mix well with culture, right? So I had to learn also as well. I had to unlearn some things that when you say I do, or when you want to start pursuing a quality queen, or you want a a king to pursue you, those lust issues and things that you've dealt with for years don't just magically go away. Mm -hmm. So don't think that just because you get in a relationship or you're married that, okay, nah, uh -uh. you know, what you don't heal from in your singleness, singleness is going to show up in your marriage. So show up in engagement. Mm. So I'm saying that to say, you know, from even myself, I had to learn that, that it's like, there were certain uh, women I, I connected with that. I'm like, you know what? You're not even spiritually ready to lead her. You're not even mm. spiritually ready mm. to pursue that type of person right now. You need to be still and, you know, mm-hmm. work on yourself, work on your finances, work on your spiritual life, because I, I want to be able to financially, physically, you know, um, emotionally spiritually lead my family lead my wife and if you can't do that and 
and you're just going to be still. So some people may disagree, but I don't know. We live in this culture when people just date just to date. And I feel like, like in the words of my sister, that can a lot of times can end up you're dating for heartbreak because if you're not mm-hmm. dating towards marriage, you somebody's going to get heartbroken. So I'm not saying you need to get a boyfriend and girlfriend, like, okay, let's get married, but be intentional, yeah. you know? So like I said, that's an unpopular opinion for a lot of people, but I believe dating with intentions is a good thing. And that's what I'm going to talk about in good love. And I'm going to give you a quote. Whoever's Let's listening, go. don't steal my quote. Let's or go. I'm about to fight you. <laughs> so you're going to probably remember this. Remember this. Every man um, is not ready to, is not ready to pursue an intentional woman. And every woman is not ready to be pursued by an intentional man. I'm going to have a chapter called intentional. You, if you, somebody's like, wait, what did he say? I don't know if you got it, but basically what I'm saying is, you know, there are some people who get scared away by the light that you have to offer. And it's not you. It's just some people are not ready for intentional partners. You know, if you're an intentional woman, that could scare some men away because they know that they can't just run game on you and just use you for your body. You know, if you're an intentional man, there are some women that could be scared away from that mm-hmm. because they're not ready for a man to really lead them spiritually. And some people are like, wait, what? I said what I said. So I don't know if you agree or disagree, but that is just facts. Cause I've been that I, there were women that I was not ready to pursue. Cause I knew she was an intentional woman. So I was like, nah, I ain't going to go there. Cause I know the type of woman she is. And I knew I wasn't an intentional man yet. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to give you all the gems because I got to write it, but let's go. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes um, sense. I love it. And I love it. And I completely agree. You know, you, it goes for both guys and girls, right? It mm-hmm. goes for both yeah. sides. Both and I think that's where a lot of like, you can fall for someone. They can be a good person, but it's like, are they running the same race? Are they in the same lane? Mm-hmm. And um, are you on the same assignment? Are you on the same assignment? Exactly. Like I it don't mean that she got to be a teacher and you got to be a teacher. Is exactly. I mean? Uh-huh. Like, are you equally yoked? Are you going in the same vision? You know what I mean? Yeah. Same vision, maybe different assignments, but same vision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so key. And that's what like the whole book that we just finished reading. Um, well, we're meeting up this upcoming Thursday to finish the entire book. Um, but it talks about, you know, that's the main thing is having that vision is having that vision of building the kingdom, having that vision of if, if you can't have that as a core, as a solid foundation, then, you know, like shoulders up, like, you know, like how, how is that going to work? You know? And, and again, that's somebody that's intentionally building the kingdom, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you just have to really get, real with people. And and I love how you said intentional dating. Like don't date just to date. Don't just date because you're bored. Yeah, don't just oh like gosh, you're good. bored, dude. Good. Like, I don't know, go to the gym, like go get, yeah. go take yourself on a date, but don't mess with people. Like don't mess with people's yeah. feelings or emotions, you know, because it's good. We're talking about this. It's, it's a real place for people out there, you know, like people just saying, oh, I just want to date. And, and I, I'm like, okay. I also do want to say this. I don't think it's bad today. I think it's great to date, but like you said, date with intention. So it's not like the first time you go out to get coffee, someone you're like, Oh my God, this is my future husband. No. And that definitely should not be the perspective that you have. Perspective should be, 
I want to get to know this person for who they are. I want to know what they're interested in. I just want to know them as a person, super casual, nothing weird, just cool, calm and collective. Like, you know, and I feel like we made dating this whole, oh my gosh, like awkward, nervous, like, oh my God, has to be, dude, go get yogurt, go get ice cream, just chat, like get to know them as a human being, right? Like just that. And pivotal word. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the word you had said earlier was foundation. Yeah. What's the foundation built off of? Because a lot of times, especially in this era, we build our relationships off of the foundation of lust and just the sexual part that people crave. Well, all of that's going to be there. But if that's what the foundation of it is, you in trouble. But if you are building a foundation of friendship and vision and of faith, you got a good shot. Yeah. So that's what I would say is to build relationships off of friendship, off of faith, off of vision, and all the other stuff is going to be added in due time, in the right timing. Um, so, you know, ask yourself, what is your relationship built on? Because without a strong foundation, it's going to crumble. So good. So good. Jay, thank you so much for just sharing so many golden nuggets from, you know, when you were playing basketball to the reason why you started the foundation, the nonprofit that you did to why you're in LA and the assignment that you're on right now and how you're bringing value to so many people by storytelling, by your books, through the podcast, you know, through misunderstood millennial, like so many different outlets, you truly are being a light to so many. Before we end, I have to ask you the question of the podcast. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, wow. We actually asked the same question on our show, but it's worded differently. <laughs> it's, that's crazy. Stu asked, like, it's based off Uber. He'll be like, when, if you were, what would you say to your 16-year-old you? It's the same thing. So since I've heard this question over and over on our show, and because I kind of already gave it away in the show, it's going to be a cop-out answer, but I, I'm dead serious. This is what I would say. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. It would be two words. I would tell my younger self and it would be be still mm. because there was so much I try to do. I would do the most and a lot of things, a lot of people, um, you know, girls, I chase anything. A lot of things I thought wasn't matter. Then we don't even talk now or things don't even matter now. And a lot of things, like I said, that I was afraid of then it never happened. Um, just be still and, you know, have a vision and don't trade your vision for approval. You know, that's what I, I would say. Never trade your vision for approval. That's the slogan of the Misunderstood Millennial book. It's, it's on the cover. <laughs> it's not that hard. You know, embrace being misunderstood because the reason why we don't fit in is because we were born to stand out. So that's basically my outro for y'all. And be still, you know, be still and endure in the marathon. So good. Jay, oh, that was awesome. Again, thank you so much for sharing all the gold. Can't wait for that next book. Let's go. Okay. I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. And for those who like to read um, the Speak Life series, The Misunderstood Millennial and Dreams of the Crossroad um, is on Amazon um, and author Jonathan T. Boyle. So that's where you can find it at. And I appreciate you allowing me to be on here. And um, good is on the way, like I always say. Good is on the way. Let's go. So good shine to you, Jay. Talk to you later. 
Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate and review as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family and don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I hope you have the best week. Much love.